Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. All right, we're going to continue on in our talk on prayer. Uh, this week of prayer and fasting beginning today, uh, some of you will start tomorrow, some of you will do different things and we'll talk more about that as we go. Um, but it's a, it's a great way to start off our year, to refocus ourselves, to put our, our attention and our eyes on Jesus, the source of our life and our hope. Uh, so I'm going to start by talking about my uh, 2005 Mini Cooper. It's a tiny little car. It kind of feels like a clown car. Uh, I, I feel like I could get run over at any moment by a larger vehicle that's going around, but it keeps my faith alive as I drive it. But uh, one of the things that it's 17 years old, and so uh, in the recent cold snap, as it was starting to get cold, Shanda noticed that it was more and more difficult to start. And I said, oh, I don't think so. I think it's just you. And then it didn't start for me. Uh, but then as it got colder and colder, eventually the car would not start. It just wouldn't start and had to go out and jump it. And for about a week there where it was really cold, every day I would go out and start my morning off and jump start it. And then wherever I parked, I make sure I was downhill because it's a, I could uh, jump start it with my clutch and everything like that for about a week because I was like, it's only because it's cold. And now that it's warmed up again, everything's fine. It's all good. But the cold, it won the day. And it made me think that there are some days where it can seem like, and this will all make sense eventually. Some days that it can feel like evil is winning the day. And that what you want to happen, things to move, are not moving. Situations that are simply not changing and how often we can get frustrated at or disappointed at not seeing things change or move or be answered in a way or at the time that we want to do. Obstacles that aren't breaking free, addictions that aren't breaking, loved ones that are not responding to Jesus battling the secret addictions of pornography or food or whatever might be our addiction. Our prayers for the sick are often more comfort than result. And too often the church is just treading water rather than seeing transformation happen in our nation. And then we look at ourselves and, and we see that oftentimes where the fire that was once there is maybe died down a little bit. It can seem like apart from small victories here and there that evil is winning the day and that when I go to see something, I don't see it happening. And sometimes it might even only get worse. I want to turn in your Bible and then we're going to pray. Matthew 17, this is a parable, or not a parable, it's a story that's told just after the three of the disciples had gone up onto a mountain with Jesus, had an incredible encounter with God, uh, and then they come down and they come upon this scene that were about where it was a man with his son, and he's getting him prayed for. Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. Woo. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? 
bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. And truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind, someone say this kind, doesn't go out except by prayer. And many translations say prayer and fasting. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word, which is quick. I thank you for your word, which is powerful. Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear, not for somebody else, but for ourselves. Lord, that you would speak in and through the power of your word, that you would move in spite of me, around me, and through me. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. So our setting is we see a young boy with an, a difficult, difficult problem of having seizures. And it had been going on for some time. In the, the account in Mark chapter 9, it says that it had been going on since he was a little child. And if you can imagine if you had a little child who would suddenly go into seizures and would throw himself not uh, into a fire or into the water. You're in danger. You're always anxious. Never mind what's happening in the middle of it all. He'd been suffering for an extended time. He had been suffering greatly, and the situation was terrible for him and his family. And we note there that uh, there are times that what we're facing is not just simply the situations of life, but sometimes there's a spiritual force behind it. There's a demonic force, yes, a dark force behind it. And the disciples could not heal him. There was no breakthrough. There was no good answer. There was no change. So far we're inspired. We could stop there, right? But what was the issue? And when you look at scriptures like this that make you go, I'm not sure what's happening here. Was it because it was, was it God's will? Clearly it was God's will to heal because Jesus rebuked them for not healing him and then proceeded to heal him. Now sometimes when we're praying and asking, it's good to ask God, is this your will or is this my will? But that's another topic. Was it because they did not step out? If they would have just stepped out and prayed, Oh, they had stepped out. They had done what they knew to do and nothing changed. Was it because they got the formula wrong? You do the oil and then you pray in tongues and then you lay your hands on them, give three prophetic words and then something happens. Sometimes we do that kind of thing in Christendom. But these disciples had gone all kinds of places, had already seen, and they had been working at it for some time. So I'm sure someone would have said by, if it was a formula thing, Zach, Peter, John, James, Philip, by now. Here's, remember, last time when we were, and we did this, 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 this. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't a formula problem. Maybe they lacked experience. They didn't know enough. No, they had seen these kind of things already happen many, many times. Oh, I get it. It was because their pastor didn't teach them well enough. Oh, their pastor was Jesus. <laughs> I think he did all right. Probably wasn't a lack of knowledge. Was it just because only Jesus could do it? Well, Jesus instructed them as to how they could have seen it happen. So it's not just that. Was it the quantity of their faith? They didn't have enough. 
we see that Jesus said they had little faith, just a little. But then he goes on to say, if you have little faith, it can move a mountain. So the little that he was talking about was not just a little in quantity. It's perhaps something else that we're, I want to draw your attention to this morning. It's not just a quantity thing. What was going on? Because we've all experienced moments like this where the situation doesn't change, the enemy doesn't move, the disease isn't get, doesn't get healed, the, the, the person doesn't reconcile, all the things. And like the disciples, we can be trying and yet it seems like nothing is happening or shifting or changing. And Jesus, though the, he comes along and he rebukes the disciples who were doing their best you wicked and perverse generation. I, went, Whoa. I thought of starting with that this morning, but I didn't know how it would go. <laughs> Why would Jesus rebuke the disciples who are doing their very best? Doesn't he care? Of course he does. He's rebuking us to let us know that if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll get the result that they've, we've always gotten. So he's saying, no, no, guys, that's not the way. There's a different way. There's a little that I want to teach you here in this moment. And in Mark 9's account of this story, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Someone say everything. There are scriptures that you read that challenge you. Everything is possible for the one who believes. And then we see the boy's father yell out in Mark 9, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Anybody ever been there before? It would seem that all of this, the little faith that Jesus was referring to was not the amount, but rather the kind of faith, the quality, if you will, of the faith. Or the strength of their faith, maybe is another way to say it, rather than quantity. See, my car had a battery. The problem wasn't that it didn't have power. The problem was it didn't have enough or a qual enough power. I could have done all kinds of things, but it needed an external jump to cause it to have enough power to turn over the engine and keep going. And we see a further clue for this in Matthew 4, or 17 and 17 when Jesus used the word perverse to refer to those trying and failing to cast out the devil. This word perverse could mean, can mean or does mean twisted or corrupted. Corrupted means something good that is mixed with something that's not good. Their faith was corrupted with unbelief. number of years ago, because this is probably the last time I did it, I cooked some waffles for my family. And I got out the china and I made it all nice. I don't know why, for some reason I did this. Made these waffles and, and uh, they looked beautiful. They were brown, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside, taste. So we sit down. We're about to eat. We pray, do our thing, put the syrup on them. And I'm like, these are going to be awesome. And the first child takes a bite of it and goes, and spits it out. I was like, I know it's not mom's, but come on, what's going on? Then I had a taste of one, and I spit it out too. And I came to discover that my recipe was corrupted because where it said sugar, I put another white substance that looks a lot like it, except it's called salt. 
And so the result was, even though it looked good and it looked like it should be fantastic and everything, it was, I had done all the things that I thought I should do. I tried hard. The result was it was not good. Yuck. What if, does Jesus mean if I ever have a doubt about the thing I'm praying for that it's never going to happen? So I want you to think about faith a little differently this morning. Rather than seeing faith as a thing we do or do not have, I want you to think of it a little differently because faith and doubt are often opposite sides of the same coin. They're often conditions that exist side by side. But faith isn't something you do, you have, or you don't have. It's a muscle that grows as you use it. So when Jesus was talking, you have little faith, he's talking that you have little strength to your faith. Not that you have a little amount, but there's little strength to your faith. The father asked Jesus to intervene because he does believe. He believes enough to bother asking, but he could believe more and stronger. We could always believe more and nothing seems more meaningful than using your existing faith to ask God for more and stronger faith. Jesus was referring to quality, to the strength of their faith rather than quantity. And he was telling that prayer coupled with belief is more powerful and more effective than we can comprehend. And he invites us to grow our faith stronger. So how does that happen? Matthew 17 and 21. This kind, somebody say this kind, can come out only by prayer and fasting. This kind means that there are some things that only come out through prayer and fasting. This kind of impossible, this kind of ongoing thing, this kind of door slammed shut, this kind of door that is open and won't close, this kind of long-standing problem, this kind of sickness, this kind of thing that you tried and tried and tried to make turn, this thing that won't move. But Jesus is saying there are times that you need a different thing to happen. You need a different quality to your faith. Before and when the weather is all good, my car would start with that, that kind of a battery. But when the challenge increased on the battery, when the weather got colder and more difficult, that kind of battery wouldn't work. I needed this kind of battery. I needed a battery with deeper strength. I needed a battery with a higher level of power. I needed a battery with a higher level of cranking capacity. And there are moments in our life where this kind of faith will get you by. But there are moments when you come into your life where there are things that are beyond you, things that will not move, things that are entrenched, things that you can't shift, and you need a different quality to your faith. You need something that's a little stronger. You need something that has a little more cranking capacity. You need something that moves things. And Jesus says, desperate times can need desperate measure and there are There are times that this kind of situation requires this kind of response of fasting and prayer. Does anyone or has anyone ever had a, this kind of experience before? Come on. Where something will not shift, where you're wondering what's going to move, where you prayed that prayer, where you've hung in and it's not moved, this kind of a moment, this kind of a situation. But there are times when this kind of a situation needs this kind of response. 
This kind of impossible becomes possible with this kind of response, fasting and prayer. This kind of addiction can break through this kind of response. This kind of marriage situation can turn around through this kind of a response. This kind of disease can be healed through this kind of a response. This kind of a curse can be reversed through this kind of a response. This kind of a battle in your mind can be broken by this kind of a response. This kind of a not knowing where to go can be shown clear through this kind of a response. This kind of a past can be broken and overcome through this kind of a response. This kind of a person can change through this kind of a response. This kind of a nation can be changed through this kind of a response. This kind of a city can be turned through this kind of a response. This kind of thing will not change except through prayer and fasting. And Jesus is helping us to understand this is the kind of thing that will increase the strength or the quality of your faith and the effectiveness of our prayer. And he's encouraging us that our prayer does not have to be impotent before the impossible. And he stayed connected through, he modeled it himself and stayed connected to the Father through prayer and fasting. We see this before Jesus even started his ministry in Luke 4 and 14 and where he went into the wilderness and and the enemy was tempting him, but for 40 days and 40 nights, he went on a supernatural fast of, of, and God incredibly moved in his life and the enemy comes to tempt him. And in that moment, Jesus was able to resist him. And it says he came out full of the Holy Spirit and power. He started his ministry before he had ever done anything. He went to prayer and fasting. And then while he continued on in his ministry, we see that he continued in that kind of an attitude and action. Yet the news of him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. People coming, more demands, more challenges, more difficulties, and they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming. But this is what it says that Jesus did in verse 16. Then, excuse me. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed because he knew he needed to keep his faith strong. He knew he needed to have, if I'm going to face this kind of a situation, I've got to have this kind of a response. And what happened because Jesus was a person of prayer and fasting? Now, let me just say something. Sometimes we think, well, it's Jesus. He was God. Everything had to move in front of him. But when Jesus came to earth, he laid aside like a garment. I didn't intend to do this, but here we go. He laid aside his, earth, his heavenly authority and he chose to limit himself to be a man and to all that a man could do, full of the Holy Spirit. So anything that Jesus has done, he opens the way for us to do it in the same way through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you say, oh, that's Jesus. Yes, that's Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, without measure. And the more that we come into this kind of a response, we get full of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus did, we can do. Some of you are like, I'm not so sure about that. Well, I'll keep going. Acts 10 and 38. And we know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. God was with him. And Jesus taught his disciples, and that includes us today, that the same thing through the importance of abiding in him through prayer and at times prayer and fasting. 
In John 15, Jesus said to his disciples, you need to abide in me. You need to stay connected to me. I'm the source of your life, the source of your power, the source of life change. It's not knowing enough. It's not the right background. It's not because you've got everything figured out. Abide in me. Abide in me. And what does he say? If you abide in me, there's some certain things. Without me, if you don't abide in me, you can do nothing. Really encouraging. Your biggest, smartest day does not make an impact for God or for the eternity when it's without him. Without him, we can do nothing. But then he says, abide in me and you can bear much fruit. So in other words, if you allow me to work inside of you, you stay connected to me. There's a fruitfulness that can come to your life and through your life that's impossible otherwise. And then this incredible thing, I think it's verse seven. It says, if you abide in me, ask what you will and I might do it. I will do it. Oh, abide in me. And it's, that doesn't mean that God is like some heavily vending machine that you pull on, the, pull on or push the right button and, and it comes. Because when you come into abiding with him, he refines you. He refines your request. He redirects you. He, he shows you what is really important to you. You might come in asking for this and you spend time with Jesus and you realize, oh, no, no, it's not this. Jesus actually is gonna and wants to do this right here. Here's the point. Prayer connects us to Jesus, but fasting disconnects us from the world. It's calling us towards himself. We see that although the disciples had moments they didn't get it, overall they started to figure out because they came this time where they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to prophesy. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And we see that this began to work out in their life in Acts chapter 4. This, these same disciples who could not heal this young boy, Peter and John went up to the temple and they saw a lame man and he, he asked them to be healed and, he, and he healed, they healed him in the name of Jesus. What they once couldn't do, this kind of a thing, they had this kind of a response and they saw some things begin to shift. And when they saw the courage of John, Peter and John, because they were then drugged before the religious authority, said, you can't do this. By whose name and under what authority do you do this? You No, no, you're not allowed. But they haul them in and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Put your hand up, that'd be you. That'd be me. Ordinary people, full of the Holy Spirit. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man had been healed, standing right there, there was nothing that they could say. The difference, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And that's the reason our faith grows stronger through prayer or prayer and fasting. It's not a magic elixir that proves to God that we are serious. It's simply because we are more connected to the one who is the source of our life and strength. Because here's the point, prayer connects you to Jesus. Fasting disconnects us from the world. When we connect with Jesus, amazing things happen. Prayer helps us win the spiritual battle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And it goes on to say, we don't wrestle people, we don't fight people, but there's spiritual forces at work in all kinds of, all the evil going on in the world is not just simply because of evil people. It's people who have given themselves over to evil or are being influenced by evil. And so we, we go behind the curtain, as it were, and we, we, we attack things spiritually. 
Because the an answer is not in fighting the government. The answer is not in fighting the, the, the school system. The answer is not in fighting all those things. Oh, we may need to respond to them. But first, we go over their head and we go behind the curtain and we speak to the spiritual forces of wickedness that are influencing and moving your son or your daughter. Before you go and berate them or try to challenge them, go into the prayer closet and we go and we say, oh God, would you move? God, would you change? God, would you bind, muzzle, and gag the demonic force of influence? And Lord, we pray that you would thrust forth your strong warring angels to do work on our behalf. We go behind the curtain. And then we say also that prayer helps us with win the mental and emotional battle. I'm getting somewhere. In Luke 22, 44 and 45, Jesus, just before he was uh, gonna be crucified, he went to the garden, the garden of Gethsemane and says that he was in anguish about it. And he said, I gotta go over there and pray. He says to his disciples, could you pray with me? I'm just gonna go over here. He's at one of the most difficult times or moments in his life and he's asking them to do that. And then he comes back after he praying and he looks and they're sleeping. The kind of friends, <laughs> what are you doing? And then it says this, when he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them, get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Real big hint for us right there. When we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we're emotionally drained, we are very vulnerable to the temptation, whatever the hook is for you. We're all vulnerable in various ways. What works for you might not work for me. What works for me might not work for you. But the enemy knows the bait. And when we're tired and weary, going into being a person of prayer helps us to resist it. They, so they fell asleep though. And what happened? They did give into temptation. They did fall. Jesus in the same situation was under the same pressure except more. But he didn't fall. He continued on in prayer until he pressed through in prayer. And he won the mental and emotional battle. Leonard Ravenhill, let's try that again. Leonard Ravenhill, who wrote Why Revival Terry, said this about our need for prayer. He said, spiritual adolescents say, I'll not go tonight, it's only the prayer meeting. It may be that Satan has little cause to fear most preaching. Yet past experiences sting the enemy to rally all his army to fight against God's people praying. When we add fasting, it adds another dimension. It strengthens our faith and builds mountain-moving faith. Fasting has been a practice of the church for 2,000 years. Fasting is not something we, we do to impress people. It's not something that we do to impress God. It's not about manipulating or twisting or forcing God to answer our prayer. Fasting is not a magical formula. Fasting and prayer increases or strengthens our faith mainly because we are more connected to the one that's the source of our life and our strength. Because prayer connects us to Jesus, but fasting disconnects us from the world. One of the words for fasting in, in the Greek means this, that one who has not eaten, one who is empty. Because when you fast, you are voluntarily emptying yourself physically with the intention of filling yourself up spiritually. What happens with prayer and fasting, with this kind of a response? Through the scripture, we see so many examples. And worship team, you can begin to make your way. Prayer and fasting gives us room to repent. In Daniel 9, we see Daniel, the prophet, was going after and praying and, and repenting on behalf of the nation. 
And God always moves in response to repentance. He lands on the altar of repentance in a powerful way. Fasting and prayer also gives us clarity and direction. In Acts 13, we see two men, Paul and Barnabas, who were in the middle of a time of fasting and prayer. And in the middle of it, doesn't say they were looking for this, but in the middle of moments of fasting and prayer, God brought clarity and said, set aside Paul and Barnabas for the work which I have called them to. In other words, God opened and brought clarity into a space where they didn't even know that God was moving. And if you're in a place where you need clarity, where you need God to speak to you, where you need a clarity of response to whatever's going on, I encourage you to embrace some time of fasting and prayer. Prayer and fasting also prepares you for what's next. How many of you know what's next? <laughs> if you do, I wanna know how you know. You have an idea perhaps, but really we don't know what's coming around the corner for all of us. We might have a sense, we might know, or God might have showed us a little bit, but prayer and fasting prepares you for what's coming, even when you don't know what's coming. See Jesus in Matthew chapter four, where he, he was preparing for ministry and he was preparing to go into it. He didn't know all of it, what would happen, but his, the prayer and the fasting prepared him for his ministry. What is God, if you're, want to be prepared, more prepared for what's coming. I want to encourage you to engage in fasting and prayer. Prayer and fasting also brings spiritual breakthrough. Daniel 10, Daniel had, the, the prophet Daniel had fasted and prayed for 21 days and it seemed like nothing had happened. I love the Bible, it's so real. And then in verse 12 and 13 of that chapter, an angel comes to him and says, oh, by the way, from the first time that you prayed, God heard, and he sent me to answer your prayer. But along the way to bring the answer, I encountered spiritual, a spiritual evil power that I had to battle with. But here I am on day 22. What had Daniel been doing for 21 days? His prayer and his fasting had been spiritual warfare to enable the answer to come through. Prayer and fasting breaks the power of wicked powers holding up your answer and your breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough somewhere, I wanna encourage you to engage in prayer and fasting. Breakthrough for somebody, breakthrough out of something. Prayer and fasting helps you also to overcome temptation. We already talked about this with the disciples and Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. Prayer and fasting helps you to overcome the temptation. Maybe something that you give into from time to time that Jesus has talked to you about. Prayer and fasting helps to break the hold of that temptation and overcome. Because here's the point, prayer connects us to Jesus. Fasting disconnects us from the world. It's got a... Again, Leonard Ravenhill said this, poverty stricken as the church is today in many things, she is most stricken here in the place of prayer. We have many organizers, but few ag agonizers. We have many players and prayer, or payers, but few prayers. We have many singers, but few clingers. We have lots of pastors, but few wrestlers. We have many fears, but few tears. We have much fashion, but little passion. We have many interferers, but few intercessors. 
We have many writers, but few fighters. But failing here in prayer, we fail everywhere. Wow. So this week, I want to encourage you to take a step in prayer. Some of you might hear this. I'm going to pray four hours every day. Maybe. But it's like somebody saying, I'm going to run the marathon tomorrow. Probably not. You will die. Not really, maybe, but you'll be in love. Anyway, you get the point. Start with something. So if you haven't prayed at all, start your morning by setting your alarm or setting a time on your alarm that you pray for five minutes. Start where you are. Maybe you pray for five minutes now. Pray for 10. Maybe you don't pray at all. Start your day or end your day or bookend your day with prayer. Just wait on the Lord. Maybe you pray once a week on Sunday when we're praying. Maybe you're this week you're going to try for three weeks, three days, but we become people of prayer. And then and when it comes to fasting, I want to encourage you, if you're going to do a, a food fast, check with your doctor, do all that. That's the disclaimer all the time. But most of us can fast food. But if not food, and fast something else that the Lord tells you to fast. Maybe you need to fast TikTok and Instagram and all the social media stuff because it has your mind and your thought more than anything. But whatever you fast, maybe you do it. Maybe it's a meal and you fast once a day. Lunch, I'm skipping lunch. And I'm gonna take that time when I would have normally been eat and I'm gonna pray. Or maybe you're gonna fast for a whole day, 24 hours. It will feel like you're gonna die, but you won't. And if you, you'll get some more clarity on that through the week as you read or we send you the video on fasting. Maybe you want to fast three days. Maybe you want to fast the whole week, whatever. Just go at this with more than just a little nice little option. This kind of thing will not move. And we need to see some things move in our nation. I know in all many of your families right now, impossible situations. I know some of you have loved ones that are caught in addiction. I know my, my son-in-law, one of my son-in-laws that I'm gonna be fasting and praying for this week who has a, an irritable bowel disease that he's had for a number of years that just keeps coming up against. It won't move, it won't move this medication and that medication and it's not shifting. I'm gonna be, and not just this week, but it's gonna be a point for this year until it shifts. Fast the appetites that distract us so we can more hearly connect to, hear and connect to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.